Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Starting, I believe, 121 in the afternoon, extending for a couple hours, will be something that happens in that we get to see once every several decades, and that is a total eclipse of the sun. Ray, you may not know this. I am not an authority on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I wasn't looking for laughter there, but I got it. <laughs> but I happen to have one, Ray. Okay. I present to you CBS3 meteorologist and our friend Katie Fellinger. How are you, Katie? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're, we're great. One of us is very excited about this thing tomorrow. Yeah. And so let's just start with this. What the heck is this thing? Yeah, so a total solar eclipse is when the moon moves between the Earth and the sun. So all three will line up in a row. So that means that the moon is going to cast a shadow over the entire planet, or at least in the path that it's going to cross through. These typically occur every 18 months on average. So it's, you know, it's not a once in a century event, but it is a once in a century event for the continental United States, since mm-hmm. we have not seen one here in North America since 1979. That's why it's such a big deal. 1979, Ray. Mm-hmm. You were a strapping teenager at the time, Ray, didn't you? I was going to say, mm-hmm. I wasn't even alive yet. She wasn't even alive yet, Ray. It is for <laughs> her once in a lifetime. One. At least I'm so far. I'm virgin. I'm so excited. There you go. I'm so excited. Um, <laughs> Okay, so so we've we've got that, and give us the timing on it uh, tomorrow. Yeah, so you were absolutely right. It starts in the Philadelphia area at one twenty-one p.m. So uh, keep in mind, this is a partial eclipse for us. We don't sit in the path of totality. That's where you're going to get basically daylight turning into night for a couple of minutes. Here, it may. It may fade. The sun may fade a little bit, but you're still going to notice daylight. But it does peak with the max coverage of the moon at just about 80%, around 2.44 p.m. to be exact. Not like we're specific or anything. Uh, And then it'll all wrap up around just shortly after 4 p.m. So you do have a long window that this will be going on. My brother-in-law took his teenage son. They drove to Missouri because they want to see it at its maximum. And so awesome. I think we've all seen that path that it goes. I think it starts mm-hmm. in, in Carol, one of the Carolinas, right? And it, it kinda, actually ends in the Carolinas. That's so right. From West yeah. yeah. So it's Oregon to, to South Carolina. Uh, last I checked, the sun goes from east to west. So I'm it's just, just the, a little confused. Right. Yeah. So it's, the way, it's just the way the rotation of, of, of the planets work. That's, that's really the only reason that it will go that way. Uh, but you're right. You know, just based on the way the move, the the orbit takes place. That's the reason that it goes from that direction. But yes, your your knowledge of where the sun rises and sets is still correct. <laughs> it's just backwards. That. Yeah, I know. I know. It seems confusing. But yeah, that that's the reason, just because of the way the orbit works. So what can you what can you tell us about how people can watch this safely? Because that, that to sure. me is that that to me is the big thing. I keep hearing yeah. you know, and Glenn is so excited he can't wait to watch it. But yeah. then but then on the other side of it I'm hearing people that say that if you, if you don't have the right glasses or if you mm-hmm. don't watch it the right way, you can really do 
yes. serious harm to your eyes. If you do it, you'll go blind. Correct. The, you know, that's actually very true. That, that's we, we joke about it, but it's very true. You really do need to be smart about this and know how you're going to watch this safely. The best thing you can do is have a pair of those eclipse glasses. That is if you're going to look directly at the sun. Uh-huh. And those have to be government approved. Um, we've actually been giving some of them away at CBS3. Uh, they're really in a high demand. I actually have seven spare pairs left. Hello. That is it. Hello, so Katie say, Fallinger. Where I got, I got two pairs with your name on them if you want them. Where are you? Well, we'll just, <laughs> let's figure that we'll out. We'll make sure. We can get Spike to come pick them up on Monday. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you do have to have the government approved, and you'll see a little seal on them that says ISO. That means that they've got the correct filter on them so that you can look directly at the sun. But it's true. If you do look at the sun, our, our, we're designed physiologically that – we try to protect ourselves, so we always flinch when we try to look up at the sun. But now you're going to try to purposely do it. So that's what causes the damage. Not, it's not the eclipse. It's just how bright the sun actually is and the fact that you're trying to view it purposefully for that long of a time. So you have to have the proper filter to do that. Um, there's another way that you can do it. You can actually make what's called a pinhole camera. And it's really, it's super, super basic. You need two pieces of paper. You put one piece of paper on the ground. You cut a hole in the other one, put a little piece of foil over it, and pick, um, put a prick into it, just a little pinhole. And you can watch the shadow projected onto the sheet of paper on the ground. And you can actually watch it without even looking at the sun. And it sounds super geeky and scientific. Extremely but geeky and nerdy, geeky. and I can't do that. <laughs> uh, I, and my nephew sent me a picture of... I guess he plans to take a a big cardboard box, mm-hmm. poke a hole in it, and stick a box over his head. Yes. Is that seriously? Yeah, I, I know, and it sounds very silly, but that's actually a good way to do it. If you just go online and Google this thing, you will find a million different tutorials on how to how to make something that won't even require that you look at the sun, and you don't have to get a pair of those glasses. But if you want to look directly at the eclipse taking place in the sky. You need the glasses, and you've also got to get a special filter for any camera equipment that you would use. So, like even oh. your cell phone could burn off. Really? <laughs> it could oh, have some kind of damage. Yeah, there's a special filter that you even need to take photos of this. So, I'm glad you said um, that. I didn't consider that. Yeah. I was absolutely just going to hold the old cell phone up there. It's it's crazy. How like who knew? I mean, we we walk out the door every single day. We just intuitively never look up at the sun directly because it's how we're made but now we're all going to try to purposefully look at it and it can actually be really dangerous it's kind of like the sun can burn your skin the sun can also burn your eye tissue so that's the problem there it's it's the eclipse is no different than any other time you would potentially look up at the sun and 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 burn your eyes it's just that we're trying to view this you know so so that's where the 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 danger comes into play have you guys um have you guys at channel three begun strategizing about how you're going to cover this i guess it's going to be perceived as a as a real news event for you guys oh absolutely we've been actually covering it for an entire week we have been in eclipse fest mode now since this past monday no joke and every single newscast we've been covering the eclipse in some way shape or form with some kind of story some kind of either uh some way to learn about the event or some tips that we can provide so there's uh, there's a suite of coverage already 
on cbsdaily.com if you want to go look more uh, more up about it. Absolutely. And the weather should be ideal here for it, right? Yes, it looks perfect right now. Um, I think we're still going to have full sunshine. There might be a couple of patchy clouds that cross through, um, but otherwise we're not expecting any rain. At absolute worst, there's a stray thunderstorm tomorrow night, but by then everything will have wrapped up. So um, timing is on our side. I mean, talk about beautiful weekend already, and it looks like it's going to linger right into tomorrow. So um, I think we're going to we're going to get the hookup from Mother Nature on this one for sure. Nice. Okay, so when do we get to see you on TV? I am always on bright and early, or dark and early, as we like to say, from 4.30 to 7, Monday through Friday on CBS 3. And where are you going to be watching tomorrow? I will be watching tomorrow actually at home during the event, but I'm going to be on pretty much all day talking about this. Good, good, <laughs> terrific. Uh, yeah, so you'll see me for the 5 and 6 p.m. shows as well. So I'll, I'll do my normal morning routine and the noon news and then come home, watch the eclipse with the family, and then hit the road and come right back out to the Franklin Institute to talk about the wrap-up. All right, Katie Fellinger, if I am not blind at 5 p.m., <laughs> I very much look forward to seeing you. You're the best. Thank you so much. Absolutely, and I'm not even kidding. I literally have two pairs of Eclipse glasses with your names on them if you really want them, so let me know. I, I got your email. I may do that. Fabulous. All right, All right, right guys. Time. There you go. Katie Fellinger. Ray? All right, you can have mine. By the way, nice job with the music, Jeff Fritz. You, you can have mine. All right. Go get the, she's got two pairs. She's got, she's got two pairs with our names on them, so you can have mine. You can have yours. You can take yours, and you can sell the other on the street corner. You'll probably get a nice price for it, actually. So none of that even swayed you? No. I, for the life of me, I, didn't you? I don't get you at all. Apparently not. <laughs> I mean, we've been working long enough that you I know. should know these things. I know, but I but I know you not to be like a... a, a a cranky old guy. I know you not to be um, a cynic. Okay, I I know. Yeah, you... I, I don't consider myself a cynical. No, person, I don't though. consider you a cynic either, and I don't consider you like an antagonistic kind of person. Like everybody likes something, so therefore you don't like it. Trust me, I've worked with people in this business who are like that. Like yeah, everybody no, thinks something way. is good, therefore I think it's stupid. Right. You're not that guy, right? I'm going to try one more time, and then I promise I'll never mention this to you again. Then, Don't roll your why, eyes at why, me, Ray. Why, then why bother? If you, if, you know it's, if you know it's not going to work, this is like running like Garrett Blunt on a sleep. <laughs> if you know it's not going to work, why are you doing it? Because I think it'll work. I don't think it will. But All right, let's go just ahead. try this, okay? This is not a huge investment of time. You don't really need to stay out there from 120 tomorrow well, until 4. It goes four. on for two hours, doesn't it? Yes, but you don't have to, like, be glued to it. Here's, this is yeah, all I'm asking you, you to will. do. You will. I don't know if I will. We'll see. But but here's what I'm asking this you isn't, to do. Are, are you sure you're not going to blind yourself? No, there's a very strong possibility I will. But that aside, I, I just am going to ask you, go outside your house tomorrow sometime around 1.30. Take a look up to the skies. Go, wow, look at this. This is going on. Go back inside. Do whatever extremely valuable thing you're doing that you can't spare more time. Go back out in another half hour, look and say, like, wow, look at that. It's kind of moved. That's interesting. It's kind of covering the sun. Go back in. Be out there at, what time is it, 2.30, 2.20, when the thing is absolutely at its peak. Check it out and then be done. Would you, do, would you just do that much for 2.44? Would you just look at it at 2.44? No. What? Yeah, this I is, give up. This must really be a big event. You're taking time away from Game of Thrones to actually watch oh, this. Can I just tell you? <laughs> no. Yesterday? Please don't. Please don't. You know what we're going to do today? We're going to do a special what we're watching. All right? Uh, yeah, that's coming up. All right? 
right. I give up. That's it. You, I will not mention it ever to you again. Thank God. All right. Let's go to our friend. Uh, you, you won't hear one more word about it. You all keep day. promising me you're not right, going to talk I'm about it anymore. To won't stop. Let's go to our friend Jack, the dude from Santa Barbara. Jack, you're on 94 WIP. Okay, I'm going to be a mediator for you guys. There you have it. We need that, Ray. <laughs> so, will, you, will you please talk so, some sense into this guy? He's turning into Carl Sagan on me. Well, I actually have a really good clip story that I think you'll both get a kick out of. Take all so. the time you need. Okay, so it's like 1971, and, you know, uh, it was friendly to hitchhike back then. So if I had to go down to the shore, I'm not taking a bus for five hours to get to Long Beach Island. I'm going to go put my thumb out. Mm -hmm. So I'm hitchhiking, and I get picked up by a guy in a pickup truck with his girlfriend, and there's a guy and a girl in the back. And we are driving to Long Beach Island down Route 72 during a partial eclipse. Mm. And we're and, and and this is relative to you, Prof. We're passing really good German beer around. And they said if you look through smoky glass, you can watch the eclipse. Mm-hmm. So we so we sat in the back of the pickup truck. We all put the beer bottles. <laughs> up to our eyes, and, and we watched it get cloudy. <laughs> I'm guessing the bottles had to be empty. Yeah. You well, had to drink the beer. You know, it's 1971. I graduated sure. in 70. We're passing other things around, too. <laughs> Ray sounds like a fine time. Well, I mean, yeah. it's a combination. It's, eclipsing, it's eclipses and beer. It's two things I can't relate to. Yeah, well, no, I don't I drink I'm, now, I'm, I'm just amused by this. I just have this. I'm conjuring up this picture that you're describing. It, all, it sounds like a it sounds like a Jack Kerouac novel. You, you know, I said before I tell the story, Ray's going to think I'm Jack Kerouac. <laughs> wow! So you you have I been did, listening I, to this show. Yeah, I, I I I didn't make this up. It's true. And then in '79, I was in Santa Barbara when we had the full eclipse, and people got up at four in the morning. They went nuts. And one of one of my buddies was in photography school, so he filmed it in time lapse photography. So that's how I watched it then. But before I give you the stupid football bet, I want to tell you that they're in Portland, Oregon, right now. They're afraid that there are going to be two million people. I know. I saw bring, bringing their cars. Yep. The reason I know that is I spoke to someone here two days ago who said. I got to get home because I'm not going to be able to get home. He was from Portland, Oregon. He was visiting uh, my neighbor next door who's convalescing. And he's like, we got to get home or we're not going to be able to drive. Jack, we got to run because we got to hit a break. But terrific call. And thank you very much. There are places around the United States. There's this, you know, ribbon that goes across the United States Mm -hmm. where the where the thing that I will not mention to you again is going to be in full effect. And I saw a report on the news the other day that. For a lot of these places, it's a great economic boon, but also for a lot of these places, they have no way to handle the influx of cars and people that are coming in. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, it's the case in Portland. I'm done talking about it. You promise? You, you, you've, you've said four times now that you're done talking about it, and you keep talking about Caller it. brought it up. I didn't. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> Nothing I can do. All right, Ray, coming up, a uh, new player in the NFL says, this is easier than I thought. I want to get your take on that. 888-729-9494.
He's Ray Dinger. I'm Glenn Macnow on 94 WIP. Ray Dinger, Glenn Macnow on a beautiful Sunday in the Delaware Valley. So, Ray, uh, 888-729-9494 is our phone number. It is also the Stakem text hotline if you want to send us a text. And we always try to get to a couple of them. Here's an interesting one. It says, hey, Glenn and Ray, would you talk about the 18-game season? I guess you heard us discussing this a little bit yesterday. He said, I heard there was a proposal of an 18-game season, but players would be limited to playing in 16 of them. This would bring the, up the importance of backup, especially the quarterback, and expand the roster. What are your thoughts from Steve S.? Well, I do think we're going to see the 18-game season. Um, it, it, it isn't being talked about quite as much as it was a couple of years ago, but I think it's still something that's, that's going to come just because it's, it's another way for the league to make money. It's another way for the league to hit the networks up the next time there's a, a, a TV network, a new, a t- new TV network contract is due to come up. I'm sure it's going to be discussed again because it's one more way to up the ante. Um, and I think it's something that they may have to do because I think the networks are going to go to the, the league and say, hey, listen, you know, TV ratings have been down the last couple of years. Um, you know, we're not going to give you as much mon- more money this year as, as you might have gotten in past years. So they're going to have to figure out a way to, to say, no, wait a minute now. Let's, we don't want to do that. What if we give you two more regular season games? Oh, okay. Now we can give you more money. It's ultimately going to come down to the money part of it. Um, but they're going to have to... And one of the the players are going to push. The players' union is going to push back and say, "Well, it's more games, uh, so the players are at higher risk of injury." So what they'll give the players is they say, "Well, we'll expand the rosters, so we'll give more guys jobs." Uh, it's going to be an, it's going to be a negotiating process, as all things tend to be in professional sports today. But I think it's going to happen. I, I think it's going to happen. It is inevitable. I the the idea he said where players would be limited to playing in sixteen and eighteen games is interesting and would add certain strategy to it. Yeah, what week do you sit certain guys out? Carson Wentz has to sit. Do you think? Well, there's a good chance he's going to get injured, so I'm not going to do it until later in the year. But later in the year, the games are more important. You try to do it against an easy opponent, which is tough to project. So in terms of strategy, it's interesting. I could never envision it happening. NFL coaches would resign on mass if. If that were going to happen, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're really, you say, well, maybe we'll save it for the end of the season, and now it's, it's week 18. You need to win the game to get to the playoffs. If you can't play Carson Wentz, you have to play Matt McLoin. I don't think that's. If please you're tell coach, me he's. If you're the coach, you don't want to be in that position. <laughs> By the way, just please tell me Matt McLoin isn't going to be here in two weeks. It's, it's become an obsession. He's my Ty Kelly. Really? Yeah, I can't. I can't stand Matt McLoin. I can't stand watching him. I can't. I mean, I have not. Again, like with Ty Kelly. I have nothing against him on a personal level mm-hmm. that he's wearing my team's uniform annoys me. He's awful. Well, he, he's not good. I, 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 will, I, will, I will grant you <laughs> hold, that. Hold on. Let me write down this strong stand. I will grant you that. Uh, and I, I, I mean, He's not a guy you want to see under center in a regular season game. Uh, that, that's for sure. The other kid looks better. The, the Evans kid looks better to me. Yeah, not I, that I know that he can play at all, but... No, I think it makes more sense. a straighter pass. Yeah, I mean, it, it really makes more sense to carry him. Uh, I know a lot of teams will carry just two guys on the active roster, and then they'll have a third guy. And you really do want to have a third guy to run scout team during the week, so it's going to run the scout team against your number ones. Uh, and it makes as much sense as anything to have that scout team guy be a developmental kind of player that 
you can work with and he's not making much money. And who knows, maybe he can turn into something. But if he doesn't, at least he serves the purpose of being your third quarterback. Um, I, I think that makes more sense than carrying a guy like McLoin. I, my, I've, right now, if you ask me to guess, will he be on the roster September 10th when the Eagles go to Washington, I would say no. I think if I'm Doug Peterson or Howie Roseman, I call in Matt McGloin tomorrow and I say, hey, Matt, what career were you thinking about after football? <laughs> Might want to get working on that. That's what I would do. How do you feel about uh, Nick Foles? You get a little concerned about uh, Absolutely. the fact that, that, that Nick hasn't hasn't thrown a ball in uh, in a year. Yeah, because it was more than a week ago that they said, like, oh, no, he'll be back. He should be back tomorrow, any day now. Yeah, and he's still not back. So no, and he said, you know, he said last week, he said, no, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll be back. I'll be back on the field this week. Well, it hadn't happened yet. Uh, the longer this goes, the more people are going to start asking some questions. Up till now, they've kind of been dismissing it, just a little soreness. But you know, at a point, you got to if he's your backup quarterback, he's got to play some. I mean, I think we know Nick Foles. We've seen him play. We have an idea of what he is, but would like to know that he's healthy in case you need him. And that's, gotta be, that's still got to be established. All right, one other uh, from the Stakeham text line. Hey, Glenn, uh, are you going to do a quick what we're watching on the Red Wedding episode? Oh, Game of Thrones. Dying to hear your reaction. So, yeah, just – and I, I will do this quick because people – by the way, do you know, I read in the paper this morning in the Inquirer that Game of Thrones last week was the second highest rated show in Philadelphia hmm. after the Eagles game. Eagles-Packers was number one. Game of Thrones is number two. Ray, you know how remarkable that has to be that it's it's premium premium pay yeah. television. Yeah. That and is it, remarkable. It was the second highest rated show in Philadelphia television. That's season seven. I'm a little bit behind. I just last night finished season three. You know I've begun this project with my wife, God bless her, to watch all seven seasons of Game of Thrones from jump because I never watched it over the course. Well, we started three weeks ago. I watched three seasons, so Project that it'll take me about two months. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I uh, I'm culturally enough aware to know that the end of season three, which was called the Red Wedding episode, was kind of a legendary, famous or infamous episode, no matter what. And it certainly lived up to the billing. Lots of blood, lots of gore, lots of major character. I didn't see. I don't want to give it away because I know other people are doing the same. Let's say lots of transitions in the casting mm. from this one. And it was remarkable TV. It is great TV. Hmm. And I'm, I regret only that it took me this long to watch it, but I am thoroughly bathing in, in blood watching Game of Thrones on quick play. All right. Yeah. Um, I, I, you've, you've been watching the series long enough. It's, I hear about major characters getting killed off. Oh, yeah. Do they cheat by bringing any of them back? Not yet. Okay. Because I thought I read one time that then, there was, then, there was don't a tell character- me. Well, no, no, I think I read one time that, like, one of these characters that got killed off that caused this big stir. And, oh, my God, I can't believe they killed him off. Like, he, he, he reappeared. I don't know. Not yet. There is a reincarnation aspect of it in that a guy who was killed in one of the recent episodes was brought back to life. But that was, like, immediately. There's a magic uh, element of the show where you can bring a guy back to life, but it doesn't appear to happen with any of the major characters. Oh, okay. If it does, I'll let you know. All right. But, I don't want spoilers to me, so I don't want to spoil it for anybody I, else who's doing this. You know, Jody Mack's doing the same thing. What? Watching the show from Jump. And I heard that That's Ike not, Reese... Jody doesn't seem like a Game of Thrones kind of guy to me. Oh, well, I don't know. Sure, he'd, yeah, he he would. He'd like it. Lots of nakedness. Lots of naked women. Jody's, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, he's been a fan of that. All right, okay. 
But I mean, a, a lot of the witchcrafty stuff and everything, this, uh, the big swords. Yeah, I don't guys, get that. Yeah, that doesn't seem like no. his kind of thing. Uh, Jody's a renaissance man. Jo- uh, the pulchritude, I could see Jody getting in. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And I heard Ike might do the same thing. So there you go. We're late to it. All right, let's, uh, let's go to the phones and talk to B. You're on 94 WIP. Hey, how you doing? Hi there. Listen, I wanted to talk about uh, LeGarrette Blunt. Mm-hmm. I think you guys were exactly right on it about the way they had him running. They had him running uh, uh, east to west instead of north and south. I think he's going to have a problem with that throughout the season. It's going to cause the Eagles a lot of problems. And I really want you guys to make the bet that how many times are they going to use LeGarrette Blunt on third and one. I really want that bet because right, it's I think very that's interesting. a good one because because I think you know I mean these guys got, he's got a brain problem if he doesn't use them on third and one at two hundred and fifty pounds. I mean he can smash the line. I think the line is looking lousy right now, but you know I mean last year they were winning when Lane Johnson came back. So you know what what is it going to be? You know I mean he's going to believe in his line or he isn't, or he's going to try to yeah, work with his worry line about, and make him work. I'm not going to worry. And th- and thanks for your call. I'm not going to worry about the line yet, only because it it's still hasn't played as a unit. Um, and Jason Peters was gone because there was a death in the family. Lane Johnson moving from right to left, which when he eventually does, it's fine, but I don't, doesn't matter now. And uh, Brooks has been hurt, so I'm not worried about the line. Mm-hmm. But several people now want us to make that particular bet. That on third and one, how many times <laughs> Blunt carries the ball? Or doesn't. Or doesn't. I don't know. That's, I, I hear the public calling, but it's still it's not that fun or compelling to me. Yeah, I I don't want to celebrate victory if he doesn't do it. Yeah, that's part of it. And part of the idea is the the bet by its very nature needs should be inane. You know, it it, yeah. it, it should it should be, it is, I mean it is after all the stupid football bet. Yeah. And we've done stupid before. Oh, we have. Who was the uh, Thomas Tepay? Yeah. That might have been our first one. It was. That that's where this all started. It was started with Thomas Tepay. Will he get a dozen touches carries? It was carries in a year. I think it was 10. It might have been. I think he had six through the first six weeks, and then Andy just shut him down. Mm-hmm. Cost me a dinner. That was how it all started. Yeah. And uh, very offhandedly, I, you, Tepe had, had like one game where he had like four carries, and you, you thought that the, you saw a trend develop. Oh, I got all excited, and I'm I sure. Said, I said, at the end of the year, Thomas Tepe won't, won't have carried the ball more than 10 times. Yeah, yeah. And it became it. a bet, and then it became a thing. Yeah, and it's good. It's a good thing that we do. Hey, I want to run a couple other NFL things that happened uh, yesterday. Yesterday afternoon, in his pregame newser, Mike McCarthy, the coach of the Packers, said, you know what, I think in the preseason game against Washington tonight, I'm just not going to (laughs) punt. And I have to tell you, I read this on Twitter yesterday afternoon, and I got really excited about this. Because as you know, I want to see teams go for it on fourth down a lot. Maybe not fourth and 15, but to me, teams punt so many times when it's just go for it. Mm-hmm. Fourth and three at the 50, go for it, for God's sakes. Oh, you're not a big fan of that? Of It's fourth and one, you got the ball at the other team's 44, yes. and you punt, and the guy punts it into the end zone, and that's, uh, that's Yes, touchdown. I am not a fan of that. I see. And one of the things, we talk about Doug Peterson, one of the things about Doug Peterson that I kind of like is, I think he's sometimes of the same mind. But Mike McCarthy was going to take it to the extreme yesterday. I didn't get to watch the game. 
I woke up this morning, ran to the box scores, and in fact, he punted seven times. <laughs> so he didn't stick with it for a second, which was disappointing. Well, it sort of tells me that I think I think he was just tweaking them anyway. I think he probably never intended to do that. I, or else he thought we're never going to have a fourth down against this sorry Washington team. I don't know, but he did. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars rookie running back Leonard Fournette. You're a fan of Leonard Fournette, right? Um, he's okay. I mean, I, I, I wasn't as high on him as a lot of people were. Well, Leonard Fournette said last week that the jump to the NFL was quote, really easy after playing uh, for LSU in the SEC. Mm. He said, this isn't as difficult a transition as I ever expected. Is that right? Yes. I think (laughs) Leonard, I think Leonard hasn't really grasped the the difference between preseason and regular season. I think he's he's going to find it ain't that easy come September. What he said was, when you've played in the SEC, it's the closest thing to the NFL. And there may be a, a grain of truth in that. Um, so I, I, I read a piece on SEC running backs who've come to the NFL recently. Now, Todd Gurley, who came out of Georgia in 2015. Has not done very well. Well, he had a great rookie year, if you remember. Right. And then last year, he really suffered. Uh, Trent Richardson was a first-round pick out of the SEC. Total bust. I, I I couldn't find him in the box scores this week. Where is he? Total bust. I think he's out of the league. Yeah. Uh, no, Sean Moreno came out of Georgia. He did have a thousand-yard season, but not a special player. Right. Right. Twelfth player of the draft. Um, Mark Ingram, nice player. Okay. Yeah. Darren McFadden, been injured a lot. Yeah. So he's going to be getting the rock down in Dallas until uh, if Ezekiel Elliott gets uh, suspended. So you have a lot of these SEC stars, and it doesn't always necessarily, uh, maybe not quite as easy. You think those are words he'll regret? If I were Leonard Fournette, I'd I'd watch it for a couple of reasons. Number one, he's hurt and he's not playing right now. So, you know, I I think he should wait till he gets healthy and actually starts running the ball before he starts talking about how easy things are. And the other part is if he's going to make the comparison between the NFL and the SEC, um, somebody should say, how did you do running against the ball against Alabama? Because he didn't do very well. I mean, their games against Alabama, he got shut down. That, that's one of the reasons why I wasn't as high on him as a lot of other people. I mean, he had some big games against lesser competition, but when the best defense he went up against was Alabama twice. Well, and maybe I, the Seahawks I, aren't as tough as Alabama. I'll, I'll tell you this, I, and I'm not kidding when I say this, I don't know that I ever saw him break a tackle against Alabama. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just, yeah, I mean, it was first contact, he was on the ground. And that, to me, I, I thought that's, that's a big red flag to me because if you can't run through the Alabama defense, you're not going to run against these guys. You think anybody's going to ever tackle them and mention them that maybe this isn't as easy as you thought? It probably, it probably wasn't a very smart thing for him to say. I, no. I would agree with that. One they, last... they have some issues in Jacksonville right now. They're, they're got, they got <laughs> they, now, they have, now they have a quarterback competition, which you don't want to be having that week three of the preseason. Blake Bortles not pleasing anybody. He's, not, he's certainly not pleasing the coach and Tom Coughlin. Yeah, one other quick note. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons are opening a new stadium. Mm-hmm. They, like everybody else, find restaurants, bars, things to come into the stadium. Chick-fil-A. Very natural. People like it. And it's huge in Atlanta. Chick-fil-A's don't open on Sunday right? Uh, for religious reasons. And the Falcons play seven out of eight of their home games this year on Sunday. Right. The Chick-fil-A said, no, we're not opening. Yeah. When are they? When are people supposed to buy these Chick-fil-A's? What are they spending a year to be in that stadium that they're never going to be open? 
They better be selling a lot of Chick-fil-A on that one Thursday night game <laughs> to, make, to make it worthwhile. I mean, the stadium will be open for other events. I mean, they'll do concerts and they'll do other stuff in there. Okay. But yeah, I mean, but, but it's the Falcons' home, and the, and the Falcons are going to be the big revenue generator, and you're going to be playing most of your games on Sunday. Why would you put in a, a, a concessionaire that doesn't do business on Sundays? Right. It's going to take up a lot of space in your stadium. Yeah. Right in, you're Glenn Mack now, 94 WIP. Gorgeous, gorgeous uh, Sunday morning in the city. I'm delighted that I'm going to be sticking around in the city. Going to have brunch after this right uh, right across the street, High Street on uh, Market. I know a place you're very fond of. Which is very, very good. And then going with my wife, my kids, to see Tommy and me. How about that? 3 o'clock. We'll talk about that in the 12 o'clock hour because I, I know it's a very special day for you and I want to give it ample time. Uh, but before that, Ray... It is time for what I hope to make a regular feature of the show, much to your chagrin. Yes. Which is going to be the Ray Dinger unwitting fantasy tip of the week. Mm-hmm. Now, let's uh, let's say this. You probably have less regard for fantasy football than you do a solar eclipse. Probably true. Which is a very low bar. Well, the difference is the eclipse, I'm just not interested. Fantasy football, I have active disdain. Yes. And yet... How many people they say play? 110 million Americans or something play fantasy football. Everybody is right now kind of getting pumped up. Their drafts are coming up. Mm-hmm. A lot of leagues have drafted. My family, uh, I have a fantasy league with my family, which is great because it's relatives all around the United States from 14 years old to 70 years old, and we're all in it together, and it works out really, really well. Mm-hmm. By the way, I won it last year, just so you know. Um, anyway. You've, you've mentioned that. <clears throat> I might have. You see the trophy in my house, right? Uh, you've told me about it. I keep it right in the front hall. <laughs> anyway, Ray Dinger, here's the thing. Despite being disinterested in it and always protesting that you don't even know how they do the scoring. That's true. I don't. Okay. Every once in a while, you will say something that I hear and go like, oh, fantasy football players should know that. This morning when we were doing kind of our pregame uh, bullpen session, you mentioned a player coming into the league, and what you said, I thought, you know what? Every fantasy owner is going to want to hear this. So I turn it over for Ray Dinger's unwitting fantasy tip. Well, I, I offer this caveat with it. When I, all these observations I make with you in, in casual conversation are done in the context of real football. If I say something to you about a guy I think is going to have a good year or a team is going to do a certain thing, I'm speaking in real football language, okay? I'm not speaking in the language of fantasy, which is sort of a different animal, really. The scoring is different, the points are different, and I don't understand even a little bit of that. But with that in mind, <laughs> my unwitting fantasy tip, what, what I said to you was, I think that Dalvin Cook is going to have a really good year in Minnesota. The running back from Florida State, Second-round pick, but actually the first pick for the Vikings because they had traded their first-rounder away. They got him. They traded up in the second round to get him. And I think I think he's going to have a really good year. Number one, I think he's a real good player uh, in the draft. I mean, I had him. In fact, we were just talking about Leonard Fournette. I had Dalvin Cook rated as my number one running back. I had him rated ahead of Leonard Fournette. Uh, I just think he's more of a pro-style back. I think he's more versatile does more things. Um, I think he's got more big play, more big play potential than Fournette does. And uh, in the right offense, I think he can be really explosive. 
And you got the Minnesota Vikings, who last year were 32nd in the league running the ball. Yeah, it was a disaster. They were terrible. They couldn't yeah. run the ball at all. They averaged, as a team, they averaged 3.2 yards per carry. Yeah, Adrian Peterson averaged like 1.8 or something when he played. They were, they were awful. Now, some of it was the line, but they also they just didn't have any backs. So they wanted to get a good one, and they got Cook in the second round. And, look, the kid's got some issues. He's no choir boy. He could be one of these guys that's in trouble a lot. It's all possible. But from a purely football standpoint, he's a really good back. And I think he's stepping into an offense where he's going to get the ball a lot, and I think he can be really productive. I mean, let's face it, the quarterback there is Sam Bradford. And what's Sam like to do? Uh, dump the ball four yards. He likes, to, he likes that little dump-off pass. So Dalvin Cook, I think, is going to have a lot of those opportunities <laughs> running the ball, and I think he's going to catch a ton of those short passes in the open field. So if, if people want to take that and run with it as fantasy, go right ahead. I didn't offer it as a fantasy tip. Yeah, well, but if you want it's to, a good one. I think he's, you know, I don't know how high people are going to draft him as a, as, a, as a rookie in fantasy. I think people are probably going to go with Fournette because he had the bigger name. But I'd be willing to bet you that at the end of this year that Dalvin Cook will have had a better year than Leonard Fournette. Ray, that's gold. That's fantasy gold right there, right? You think so? Oh, yeah. Listen, this is right now. As You know how many people are listening to this show right now, looking on their computer, sifting through various yearbooks, putting together their draft list? This is when you do your research. This is when you do your homework. So a tip like that, a golden tip like that, Ray, that's big help for people. You think? Yeah. Yeah. I will tell you this. Mm-hmm. Of, the, of the rookie backs that are coming out this year, um, and the three big ones are Fournette, Cook, and Christian McCaffrey. Those are the three big names. They were the three big backs that came out in this draft. My prediction is that of the three, Cook will have the best year. Really? Yep. I think I think he will. At the end of this year, he will have a he will have a better rookie year than either Fournette or McCaffrey. Wow. Because McCaffrey is an interesting fan. Well, again, you don't know fantasy football name. I'm looking here. I'm trying to find it as we're doing. You know what? Let me work in a call. I just want to see how they are ranked. Christian McCaffrey, this is the ESPN top 200 fantasy football uh, standard play, right? Ray, you're not talking about uh, PPR? I, I have no, you're, you're speaking a language I don't even know. <laughs> I'm just talking football. Yeah, yeah. They have Christian McCaffrey ranked 41st draft pick. Okay, where do they have Cook? Cook, 50. And Fournette. I'll bet they have Fournette higher. Uh, hold on. I'm not seeing him, which makes me think I missed him. Let me get a call, and, and we'll uh, we'll call him up here. Uh, what do we have? Let's go to Jay. You're on 94 WIP. What's going on, gentlemen? How are you? I'm I'm doing all right. You know, I, um, I, I have to say before I start that you, this show is probably the best show, I think, on Philadelphia Sports Radio. And um, from just from a generational standpoint, you know, I, I would you would think that I would have uh, different options to go to, but this is actually you guys make such valid points, and I'll, I've always agreed with everything you said. Oh, thanks um, very much. Thanks from, for listening. No worries. So, from having done radio this long, I'm sure you know that there's a butt coming with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the butt is uh, yesterday um, when you made the point about a uh, Malcolm Jenkins and uh, Chris Long. I, I guess I just didn't understand the um, how Chris Long is was came out heroic in that conversation. But Malcolm Jenkins uh, was was given your disdain almost. Oh, he didn't and, get my disdain. Uh, no, he gets my respect. Oh. I, what I've said all along is I wouldn't do it, 
but I think he comes about it very sincerely, and I don't begrudge him for doing it. You know what, Glenn, too, and that was what I heard you say before, but yesterday it just seemed a little different. So I'm, I'm just glad you clarified that, um, uh, or at least maybe I misheard that. But I, I just want to, from a Philadelphia Eagles uh, standpoint, this is probably the, the most difficult season for me ever because I'm 31 years old, and I, this, is prob- this was the first time in 25 years that I've missed uh, Eagles games, and uh, I'm, I'm actually sitting the season out. And it is, it is really difficult to have to sit this season out. But I just, from, from the standpoint of what the NFL is, is becoming right now, I looked at the, the rosters of all, of all the teams, and I found seven quarterbacks, seven or eight quarterbacks, who Colin Kaepernick is clearly better than, who are starting quarterbacks mm-hmm. right now. And it's unfortunate, but I, I, I'm going to have to sit this season out. But I look forward to hearing all the uh, everything you guys bring on Saturday and Sunday because at least I'll get my fix. You know, it's funny because we talked about Jacksonville before and the mess they're going through yeah. with Blake Bortles. And clearly Kaepernick is a superior quarterback than what they have in Jacksonville. There are, a few, there are a few things at play here, Jay. Um, and, and I'll start with the most obvious, which I do think is the politics of it. I think, mm-hmm. I think there are teams, there are a lot of owners, and owners have said it. I mean, what's his name in New York? The John Giants Mar- owner. John Mara said it. John Mara said he did. it. Yeah, he said, I don't want the fan blowback. Um, but it was also easy for him to say, though, because there's no right, need there. Right, he's got Manning. But exactly. th- there are other places where I thought it made sense. The other issue, too, and thanks for your call. I appreciate it, and I hope I clarified thanks, you on, on Jenkins. Uh, what, I, what I've said about Malcolm Jenkins is I wouldn't do that. I respect his right to do it, and I admire him in that I think he's very sincere about it. He's... He's not doing it because he hates America. He's doing it because he loves America, thinks there's a real problem in this country with unfair incarceration of uh, people of color, and he wants to make a point. You know, I I don't have a problem with that. I absolutely don't. So if I gave that impression, I I apologize. Um, But the other thing with Kaepernick, Ray, is in and above the politics of it, He's not just a guy that you can put on a team and it, it kind of blends in, correct? Right. No, that's for sure. I, if you look at, um, if you look around the league right now, and all the teams are in training camp, and everybody's got four quarterbacks that's that are taking snaps right now, three minimum, most teams four. Um, I mean, that's thirty-two teams times four. It's a, it's one hundred and thirty quarterbacks in a training camps right now. You mean to tell me that? Colin Kaepernick isn't one of the 130 best quarterbacks that are out there. Of course he is. Um, so what what are the teams evaluating? The one area where I think certain people that are trying to make a social statement about this are taking it too far is I hear the term there's collusion on the part of the owners, that there's an act of blackballing here, that the owners have colluded into this. Well, I don't think they're colluding as a group. I think they're making indiv- each team's making an individual decision the, the owners have not gotten together and say, we're not letting this guy in. But the teams, each team on its own is just determining whether or not he's worth, for the lack of a better term, the trouble that's going to come with him. Um, if Listen, if this was Aaron Rodgers, if, if, if Aaron Rodgers had done this, he would have been signed in five minutes right. because he's Aaron Rodgers and mm-hmm. you know he's going to step in and he's going to be a great quarterback. He's going to win games for you. Well, Colin Kaepernick is not that now. Is he good enough to be in a camp right now? Yes. But is he elite enough that he's willing to, you know, you're willing to put up with all the controversy that's going to come with him because he's that good of a player? 
Well, he's not that. So, and being a quarterback makes it more so. If he played a different position, it wouldn't be as much of a big deal. True. But a backup quarterback is the ultimate get-along, go-along, uh, what they're looking for in that position. Yeah, you, you, you don't want your backup quarterback to be a guy that, for whatever reason, calls attention to himself or becomes a story to himself. I mean, he's Even a, though he said he, he wouldn't do that. And he sure. says he wouldn't, but of course that's not his choice. I mean, just by showing up, he's going to become a story. And he's going to become an issue that the coaches and the organization are going to have to address and deal with every single day. And so if, he's, if he isn't a guy that's going to step on the field and help you right away, then do you really want to have to deal with that other stuff? Yeah. Teams see, are just saying, no thanks. Seattle should have taken him. There are certain places where it makes sense football-wise and in terms of the city of Seattle, I don't think would, would have gotten up in arms about no. it. And, it's a, and, and it's the an coach offense. there is a coach who can deal with right. that. Right, and it's an offense. When you consider the offense that they built around Russell Wilson, there are a lot of read option elements that are the kinds of things that he does well. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought all along that was the fit. And when that didn't happen, then I began to think that there was a chance that he might not be on a roster in September. Yeah, I saw yesterday that a, um, a bunch of police in Brooklyn um, basically held a demonstration, a show of support for, I think, 100-something policemen and uh, police officers in Brooklyn held a show of support for Colin Kaepernick. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.